We are. We are live. Yeah. We're watching the No Jumper podcast right now. We just got it on. And these are a couple strippers you're saying, Dallas? Yeah, these are some strippers. Look at the thickness those black girls are carrying with them. Oh, my God. They would probably just laugh at me. They would probably laugh at my erection. You know what I mean? They're probably used to dealing with some fucking pipes. Some serious fucking pipes, dude. Yeah, they were saying something about, I guess, like this is, they do like parties and stuff like that, like private parties, and they just pull up. And they'll just suck every winner there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <sighs> Love to have them at a party of mine. Red Hawk recap. This is uh, episode six. Sponsored by our friends at he- Hempful Farms. My buddy Chris, his two po- boys do jujitsu at my gym now. And they have just uh, quality stuff top to bottom. Their fucking house flooded last night. I think they lived down by on the 17 or something. Literally, their houses got, I mean, their cars are completely under the water. Look, Jax. Dude, I was stuck yesterday. Completely. I, I was stuck in their total for like three hours. They're totaled. His rigs are totaled. Wow. Now they're under the water. Um, but yeah, Hemphill Farms, he's got a, he's got a, a documentary out. We got a real cool story called haters make me famous on uh, amazon and they got some quality shit they got cbd they got weed they got everything you need top to bottom they got tea bags um and their address in phoenix is 1756 west bell road phoenix arizona thanks chris and sponsored by the red hawk academy now on patreon so for people who can't train who don't live in the same state or um and they really want to train and get some, get, get maybe some advice on jujitsu, on striking, on books, on mindset, um, some, some cooking. Um, a lot of we're gonna do, be doing recipes. Mariah just put up a good stretching routine up there that I do before bed, that I do waking up. I'm pretty pumped about it. Um, Patreon.com/slash/RedHawkAcademy. We'll put the link in the bio and stuff. But I, I'm pumped. Everything I teach at the gym, I'm gonna throw it up online. And we're making it cheap too. So every morning I wake up, I'm going to check my Patreon emails, get back to you guys, whether it's questions about fighting, questions about anything, or just, yeah, just shooting the shit. I'm do a book review like once a week. So it'll hold me accountable to keep, keep reading. And then, um, yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it. First time I talked about it too. It's going to be uh, patreon.com slash Red Hawk Academy. Anything we need, striking, wrestling, jujitsu, fighting, um, good advice for up and coming fighters all kinds of shit so it's gonna be good um yep been a fucking good week dude it's been a good fucking week and i'm just thankful we're not we didn't get born in north korea um did you listen to that north korea podcast Mariah? yeah it's insane did you jay no i haven't it makes your heart, like, heavy, but it also makes you really grateful at the same time. Like, what do you mean makes your heart heavy? Just everything she's explaining. It just, like, oh, my God, you can't believe people actually live like that. That that's going on right now today. Do you think she's like, capping at all or not? No cap. Seriously? Yeah. So she's saying it straight up. So it's literally, because I've watched YouTube, I've watched YouTube vlogs before of people going over there. And it's not, it didn't look how how she made it sound it looked definitely fucked up but maybe they hide it so they have to have a picture of kim jong-un in their uh in their place 
In their house, yeah. And if they come and like get inspected at their house, if there's any dust on the picture, like that's disrespectful and then they die. They get killed. And if their house is to like burn down, their number one goal is to get that picture out of the house. They can't worry about getting like their kids out, their families out. If they don't get that picture out, it burns down, like they're dead. Wow. It's insane. And, and it, like they rounded up all the all of um their pets, their dogs, because he said it was like too Americanized. And he took, went to all the houses, got all the dogs, and killed them all. I'm like, can you imagine someone coming to your house and just taking your dog? So is that, that's called like a dictatorship, right? Yes. Well, I'm not too sure. Yeah, Come he's on. a dictator. <laughs> a dictatorship. So then, so that's what happens when people don't, like, citizens don't have their own weapons. They don't have their own weapons and it's more like socialist like they were supposed to the government was supposed to take care of them and um i can't remember exactly when the soviet union fell or something fell and then the government took was already taken over but they were taking care of them and then they didn't they're not taking care of them anymore like they don't provide them with food they have to work for them if they do anything wrong they're pretty much dead or they're gonna starve to death sheesh that's crazy. So I wonder what happens when Kim Jong-un dies because he doesn't look very healthy. Yeah, and he's, he's just, only like 36 or something, she said. And he's just too busy fucking eating buffets, getting pussy, probably every 30, who knows, who knows. But he's getting it as much pussy as he wants. What were they saying about the sex slavery on there? Yeah, they like, they take girls and train them to be like sex slaves, basically. Teach them to twerk and I don't know. Well, it's not funny. Does he have? Does he have like kids or anything like that? She's laughing. It's like, because I'm guessing if he if he has this kid, I'm pretty sure that's going to be the next person in line. Oh, yeah. really? You know, I yeah, mean, that's probably what it would, would happen. It's not like a president, right? Where yeah. You switch no. Every four years. No, no, they stay until they die, basically, and then yeah, it goes to like their kids. Yeah. But so, I don't know if he has kids. I don't think he does. Maybe or like another family member or something. But he killed his brother. Oh, that's probably would have been. Yeah. Who it would have been. It's crazy, too, because it's like, what can the U.S. or what could anyone do about it? They can't do shit because he's got nukes. Yeah, he can't do shit. He's got nu nukes. So, damn. And she's, dude. like, on his kill list, everyone was telling her. Oh, I'm sure. Just yeah. spilling the beans about everything. I'm fucking it's sure. It's really scary. It's sad. And it's crazy to think that people are living like that today. Like, you just don't think. Just being born here, we're lucky. Oh, my fucking God. I know so fucking lucky and it's so yeah we're lucky as fuck like even on a bad day if you're having a bad day like there's still so much to be grateful for yeah i'm grateful i'm not grateful that i people always think i look like ed sheeran why not because <laughs> he's not hot is he could be i asked i asked a I Danny. feel like you get more Canelo than more than Instagram. Yes. Really? That's, yeah. Well, that's good. Canelo gets bitches. Yeah, so, I mean, he does. 6ix9ine was telling me on the bus when we were heading to the fights, he's like, I said, hey, you think Ed Sheeran gets pussy? He's like, oh, yeah, he gets more pussy than me, guaranteed. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he does. Probably. If you get those vocals, I got Dexter a lot, too. Really? Dexter. I've never even seen that show. Oh, my God, you. look. Oh wow! Yeah, you don't look like you don't. Ed yeah, Sheeran, no. you think it's he just pulls puss? Red hair. You think he pulls puss? <laughs> I bet right after he performs, maybe he, he, probably has, he probably has like a couple of two girls or something like that. Maybe. You think? I think two, maybe. Is he straight or no? Yeah. 
So if we weren't dating, right? Or if you wanted to pull up the picture with the glasses, real quick. I'm not really attracted to him, no. <laughs> That's gonna look a little bit like Tim. You guys have Shut up. Time. Why? Because <laughs> his hair's red? No, just the Your tattoos. Tats. Like the, just the, yeah. the whole vibe. But put the glasses one. The glasses one. The colorful tats, dude. The colorful tats show up on fucking pale skin. Now pull up Canelo on him. Let's see. You look more like Canelo. His is just a red hair. You don't look like you don't him. Have to, you, can be, you can be honest. I'm being so honest. Um, don't you think that's you right there, champ. more right. like Canelo? That's, yeah. more, that's you. Way more. What about Dexter? How about Dexter? How about Dexter? Dexter gets puss, I think. I think bitches think Dexter's sexy. I think. But he looked the most like Canelo. Yeah, Canelo gets the most bitches. Man. Does he? Yeah. I mean, he's married, but... Canelo's married? Yeah. If oh, you really? probably merged all three of those pictures together, then that's you. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, it could be fucking worse. Um, Damn, so... Yeah. Fuck. I want to talk about too, like people in fighting, in fighting, talking about uh, this guy beat this guy. It's crazy how important in fighting it is after the person um, weighs in. After you weigh in and how right you do those next 24 hours before you fight. Because it's like training every weekend on a full a full stomach you can still st still train but then you go into this fight and you just fucking depleted yourself of 20 pounds and then you got to put all this fuel and hydration back into you and pray you don't have a fucking gut ache on fight night it's weird it, fighting is just lit especially at the high top top level it's about who shows up on that day because fighting such a flip of the coin if they fought five days in the future like it, the, the result could be different it's crazy no one plays that or i mean fans casual fans don't play that into account that uh one little thing could well, be the fucking difference in a fight most people have never cut weight either so they don't even know a little bit of that feeling yeah yeah it's a fucking bitch and i find it hard like right now i, I i'm wanting to compete at medium heavyweight in my ibgjf and, and stuff but that's like okay 189 pounds but it's such a bitch dieting when i know i'm not gonna get paid for it like fighting is just a little bit easier it's like okay i'm dieting but i'm guaranteed to get this amount of money and fighting you get away in 24 hours before you fight compared to jujitsu you have to weigh in and then go step on the mat so quite a bit of it changes but it's fucking hard to cut weight when you're not gonna get paid well, and think about how you used to refuel after a weight cut. Like how... I remember one time I was... Uh, it was probably my like second pro fight. And I had a food stamp card. Oh, shit. You ever fuck with that? Uh, no, never. <laughs> no, but I mean, I know people that have it. Damn, dude. Like a little gift card once yeah, a month. A little $200 just, yeah, gift card. Yeah, just card. buy a bunch of groceries and shit. Yep. Just get whatever you want. Just, just don't get beer. The gift card <laughs> renewed. Can't get it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, me and my friend, uh, Leo Bersier, we the gift card renewed. And we went to Walmart right after Wayne's and just got bunch of steaks. Caught, no, cottage cheese and chips, Snickers, little donut holes, string cheese, um, and just fucking hammered the shitty food, dude. Because you're craving it so bad because you're dieting up till that point and probably dieting wrong at this point in his yeah. career. And then you think like, oh, I can just eat whatever I want now because I made weight. And then you <laughs> fuck like yourself shit. up. Yeah. And oh, then you have to God. go fight. <laughs> what happened to yeah. you? Yeah, no, it's a bitch. It's a bitch. Um, we had a bunch of bunch of uh, 
Patreon question, so we'll, we'll dive into a few. Braden Anderson, what's your opinion on shin conditioning? Yeah, I think it's a real thing. I, it's always impressive for me to see like Muay Thai guys or guys in Thailand that kickbox every single day and how durable their shins are. You watch a K1 kickboxing match or like a high level Muay Thai fight and they kick each other's shins so fucking hard. And, and, and it's like nothing to them. Shin conditioning is a real thing. Like... Even if you're kicking the heavy bag, lots of reps on the heavy bag, three sets of 30 on the heavy bag, kicking, smacking hard and just getting your, getting your, your shins used to just being smacked. Even if they get little micro fractures in it, the micro fractures, and then they heal, micro fractures, and then they heal. And then those nerves start to die in your shins compared to if you never kick anything and you don't condition your shins, you don't kick tie pads or you don't kick a heavy bag or you don't kick shit. And then you go kick a fucking a pole pretty much when someone kick when when you check a kick it's like kicking a fucking pole on someone um and it could really fucking damage you or break your leg but it's weird all the amount of leg breaks that's been having going on it makes it's like ugh. but it's so lethal those calf kicks are so lethal they fucking paralyze you but it's risky if that person checks that kick you're gonna severely fuck yourself up severely I wonder how uh, Chris Weidman is healing up from his uh, snap leg. Because broken bones, I think bones only take six weeks to heal. But I think a, a, a clean fucking break like that probably takes a long fucking time. Ooh. Yeah. That was a bad one. That was a fucking bad one. How crazy, though, that literally Anderson did it to him. And then he did it later in his career. So fucking weird. The last thing you'd ever would go into a fight and, like, visualize. Like, you go into a fight visualizing certain things. Sometimes you try not to visualize it going bad for you, obviously. You try to counter those thoughts. But fighting is just so fucking random. You have no idea what's going to happen. That's why it's kind of fucked up. To that, uh, Hicks and Gracie I listen to it. Good, huh? Did you listen? Yeah, he talks. I just started listening to him. He talks about that, like, just preparing, basically, like, like preparing for the unexpected, even though that's kind of weird to say. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen, but you're just, like, prepared. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good pot. I finished it. I just got the book, too, and started reading the first couple chapters, and it's a really good book. I love hearing hearing them talk about like the passion for jujitsu and the passion that family has for jujitsu um and super into like breathing and really into mindset okay like the philosophy for fighting and their, their philosophy for your mindset for training and just getting better and improving your jujitsu i'm all i've always been interested in like the psychology of fighting like my whole career i've been into it big time but uh it's so fucking hard in fighting when you got a fight coming up or a competition coming up not to play all these games in your head. It's a serious skill being able to just literally keep your focus on what you can control. Keep your focus on what you can control. Don't worry about all the crazy shit that could happen. You could get KO'd. You could snap your fucking arm. You could blow your ACL. You just can't focus on that. And it, it definitely is a practice. That's why I, like, I have a ton of of good mindset books for competing that I've read 
and I'm pumped to start reviewing them on the Red Hawk Academy. I think it'll help a lot of people. And e- even this podcast, the amount of people in Texas that we had come up to us saying how much that the podcast has changed their lives, dude, like gave them healthy habits. It's like spreading the fucking good word. Even if it's to a smaller audience, maybe that smaller audience will spread it to some other people too. And it's just fucking good. And I think people can relate to us, I guess, because we're younger, kind of punk kids, but still doing that. Still doing healthier shit, not like suit and tie people. Like, you don't cuss. You don't <laughs> fucking do drugs. No, we do drugs, baby. I don't anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Young kid at heart. Um, hey, Tim, how do you approach a new student in your gym who's interested in BJJ? Do you introduce yourself or ask them anything related to why they might want to get involved in BJJ? Any sort of process to have them feel welcome and comfortable from the get-go? Yeah, usually I ask how close do you live, first of all, because if you live 40 minutes away, 45 minutes away, the likelihood of you coming consistently is going to be fucking hard. It's hard enough as it is coming to jiu-jitsu. Like, fuck, I'm about to go get tired. I'm about to go get put in some real uncomfortable situations. Um, I'm about to go get choked out. I got to go get tapped out. I got to get fucking humbled. It's hard enough making that decision when you live right by the gym to go every day when you're sore and tired and you just got done working all day and you got every excuse in the book to not go. Then if you put on a 45-minute drive on top of that, you're going to talk yourself out of it. So usually I ask, where where do you live? If you live close, that's perfect. If you don't live close, then I'll maybe recommend you to a gym that's close to where you live that I know is a good gym. And then I asked where you heard about the place. A lot of times it's from Google reviews. A lot of times it's from the podcast. Um, yeah, so that's what we do. And usually I can get a, a decent, a decent read on the person. I'll be like, okay. Usually if they they say they've they've found the place from the podcast, I'm like, okay, they'll fit in. They probably got similar humor. Younger kids. A lot of the gym members are like the kind of twenty to twenty six, twenty seven years old. Yeah. Um, so I know they'll fit in. And you are really good, though, about making them feel welcomed. And then, like, have everybody introduce themselves. Like, everyone have, they've even told me, they're like, oh, I felt welcome because I was really nervous coming in here. And everybody was super nice and it helped. Yeah. Like, you're really good about that, too. And that's a big difference because it's scary going into the gym by yourself. Yeah, you forget. You forget how nerve-wracking it is going into a fight gym or a jiu-jitsu gym or whatever it is. Going in there for your first time. Were you pretty nervous, Jay? Yeah, I was super nervous. I remember, like, when I first signed up um, at my old gym, like, they were only, like, obviously, like us, I were open, like, whatever, 5.30 to 6.30, and I would go, I remember the first day, I was in the parking lot waiting, and I was like, all right, it's 5.32, nobody's here, and I left, (laughs) and I came the next day, like, man, I gotta get over it, and, like, the next day, I just walked in there, and I just talked to the head coach, and I just said, hey, I want to join, sign me up. Hell yeah. I just never quit, really. Like, as soon as I started doing jujitsu and, like, learning jujitsu, I was just, like, I was almost, like, instantly hooked, honestly. I feel like for intelligent people, that they, they realize, like, holy shit, so I can show up here, learn these techniques. Yeah, it's fucking hard learning them, and it's hard putting them into practice even more. But they it can it literally, literally like a superpower. And then I can b- build confidence and I can be confident defending myself in any physical altercation I, I get in. 
but going to a new gym for people who ha have never wrestled or never played sports or never done anything going into a gym and knowing that you're about to do this is probably super fucking nerve-wracking but i think our gym and everyone there does a good job at welcoming everyone and it's not like oh we're gonna beat the fuck out of you <laughs> new guy unless they're being dicks and you know yeah. they're being dicks. unless they got a little <laughs> attitude that's even kind of fun i know you get to tune them up a bit um just slank man just got into college feeling a little lost just signed up for my first jujitsu class near campus any advice on meeting girls or making genuine friends or just advice about living by yourself for the first time ever college is weird college is weird it's so many new things at the same time so it's like what is happening well then you yeah you go into college especially you you move out of your parents house and you're like holy fuck i got a lot of freedom now and you have to be the one that goes to class. Like they don't care if you come to class or not. You yeah. know? And if you're paying for it or your parents are paying for it, you have to be responsible. You have all this freedom. I don't know. It's crazy. I want to listen to the new podcast that came out by Jordan Peterson saying the end of universities. And then that article I sent you the other day, JX, about the camera guy. Or just about just gears. film school. Like yeah. you you can find better film school on youtube than any university that's, that's whatever, so fucking true we've always done yeah. like i mean i went to a semester um or i took a semester in college for like the video photo stuff and in my head i was like man like i i kind of already know this stuff and i could be more in debt i was already like filming like outside of that so i was getting more of a learning on, on real that. life yeah, yeah real life like my friends would be like oh come help me with this gig i'll pay you whatever like 100 200 bucks just assist me and like i felt like i learned way faster that way and actually editing and trial and error and fast forward you know i mean i'm still learning don't get me wrong but. yeah but i feel like if you go to school like you kind of learn that but then you still have to put it into practice so where you already were putting it into practice probably put you ahead yeah for sure and i was just like fuck this i'm not gonna i felt like i was wasting my time almost like i was like i feel like i'm growing faster just by myself and through friends and getting my own like network and mm -hmm. YouTube and yeah. That's, that's... It's like, well, especially at universities, I always question like how outdated are they? Cause shit's changing so much and so fast, especially in that world, like the film world, like how outdated are they? Are they constantly pushing to learn new info too? Or are they just like, no, this is what was wrote in this book in 1995 <laughs> when the first camera came out. You know yeah, there's I mean? so much shit. It's like fuck, especially with diet and nutrition, everything they're finding out so much more about, sci like scientifically and stuff. Like, how much is the nutrition programs in universities training? I mean, oh, changing, yeah. not changing, not changing, or the, even the like the shit Brandon has us doing is so much fucking different than what physical therapists, licensed physical therapists, have taught me, or that I've learned throughout high school throughout other strength conditioning coaches that went to college and universities to train us like their their shit's outdated a lot of it oh yeah for sure and in that one north korea podcast with joe rogan they were talking about how people don't leave that system so like you go to school go to college and then you become a professor so you're in that world you don't ever go out to the real world. Yeah. And so then you, they're learning from people that just stay in this world. And now it's coming, becoming like so censored and they have to be careful what they say and mm -hmm. all of that. And that's where like Jordan Pearson got in trouble because he wasn't going to use the right words that they were making a law. That they wanted them to use yeah. like him or hers or 
Yeah. Or no, they or themers. There was like 72 themers. or something. <laughs> themers. But they don't have access to like how we have access to YouTube and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't Over think there? they even have internet or some shit like that. That's pretty wild. What do you mean out there? Like they uh, don't even Korea? have. Yeah, Korea, Korea doesn't have like fucking no. internet. No. Oh. No. Fuck. No, they don't even know like what anything else. Yeah. They tell them that everybody wants to live like them. Yeah. And just that, some brainwashing. That they're yeah. lucky. That they're, that they're lucky. lucky and South Korea wishes that they were living like them and America are the enemies. Like they hate Americans. Yeah. I've got a, got a little way from our question there. It's like, man. <laughs> um, any oh, advice shit. on meeting girls or making genuine friends? God, meeting girls, dude. It's the hardest fucking thing. Bitches are crazy. <laughs> Not for down. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, we met in college. Yeah. Through friends. Yeah, slobbed on my knob the first night. The wishes. <laughs> uh, the first night we met him. Like maybe I was ice putting cream. the pounding on another girl. Oh, my friend thought you were gay. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, advice. God, I feel like on a college campus, it might be easier to hang out with chicks, even well, if it is Tinder, even if it is Bumble. Hey, let's meet at a coffee shop or and just meet and see if you our vibes the same at all, or see if you're just fucking crazy. Or if they're living in the dorms. Yeah, the dorms too. You have a bunch of other people that are looking for friends that are in the same position as you. So just being friendly. Being friendly. Fuck, that's what I would say, Slanks. <laughs> Nick T, how do you maintain muscle while rolling every day? Were you on a lifting routine before you started working with Brandon? I've pretty much not never stopped lifting. I've lifted since high school, all through professional fighting, always on a strength conditioning program. Even out of camp, I, I've always, I've always lifted. So may, for me, I'm a bigger kid. I wrestled at 189 pounds in high school, like 152 freshman year, 170. So I've always been a thicker kid, pretty f like fat and uh, flabby. Fat and flabby. A little bit, <laughs> not super Just fat, and flabby. Yeah, but thick. Always insecure about it too. But I guess lately, not not as bad. Like, oh, God, no. Like, when we first started dating, yeah. But, like, who I'd never let my tits out, would I? No. Even <laughs> if we went to the lake, you'd always wear a jersey, tank. like, or a tank top. top. And then we'd, like, to... yeah, we'd jump in the water and life beater put it back it. on right away. Yeah. Yeah, so. Maintaining muscle. Because you never really lifted in high school or anything, did no, you? No, I didn't start lifting until after high school. Like, probably a year or two after high school, really. I yeah. Was like, Damn, I'm getting fat. And who was teaching you? <laughs> YouTube University. <laughs> Basically. YouTube. We would always watch that one, guys. What's that guy's uh, name? Jeff Cavalier. Yeah, we always watch Clutch. That Legend, bro. Te teaches uh, pump just, and iron. Just, yeah. Pump him up, Jay. You can see cool. Damn. That's tight. <laughs> Did you feel a He's... difference in your jujitsu once you started lifting? I don't know, because sometimes I would like stop lifting and I was like, I'm just going to put all my effort into jujitsu. I was really kind of on and off trying to find that balance because i was like i'd rather do jujitsu than lift at a certain point yeah but now i think i have my schedule down i just lift twice a week and then i prioritize jujitsu because it's like i always always battled with that i'm like dude i'd rather sp i'm not gonna spend three hours a week three four hours a week in the fucking weight room when i could be putting three out four hours a week in my jujitsu and learning my techniques that aren't gonna leave me lifting you stop lifting for four or five weeks you've lost all that you've gained but it's like, God, having that extra horsepower in some positions and just just 
taking care of your body, you know, like Brandon's workouts are mainly to make us feel good and make me stronger, but it is beneficial. Like I, I for the long time, I'm like, every time I lift, I get fucking hurt or it makes me stiff and it fucks my jujitsu up. So I'd get in a battle with Frank Grant, Frank saying, Hey, more jujitsu is more important than lifting. And he'd say, no, lifting just as important jujitsu, but I think it's just a happy medium. You know what I mean? I feel like you, you do need to do both. For sure. Oh, yeah. And you've already gotten stronger just from working with Brandon and having someone actually focus on you to coach you because you're always focusing on everybody else and helping everybody else. And so it's nice for you to kind of take a break and not think about what you have to do. Oh, my God. It's huge. When I go into the gym and lift by myself, when I'm doing an exercise, I'm thinking about what am I going to do next? What exercise am I going to do next? With Brandon, you go in there and just let him take the reins and you just follow what he does. And he's so good about um, he, just being there. You know, I don't think about when I'm working out with him, I don't think about anything but what I'm doing, my breath, my posture with my spine, everything. And yeah. And his little beat. tiny details, like more like yoga, where it activates like deep muscles that you don't ever activate. Mm -hmm. And then you don't, you stabilize those muscles so you're not getting hurt. Like before... If you thought you needed to be stronger, you'd lift heavier and maybe like hurt your back or something. Yeah, old old school what I've been taught. Yeah, old exactly. Taught. But uh I love doing Brandon's workouts. Like I feel so lucky going with you there. You feel so good after. Yeah. And he's just super passionate about it too, and he lives it. So any anytime you're learning from someone who's super passionate about something and have done it for over a decade and they live it, it's like fuck, you're probably gonna get some pretty good information info from those people and it's like different stuff too that you wouldn't really do by yourself yeah nevin blake just bought flow and started reading it tonight what do you recommend next also thanks tank is coming to teach a seminar here in pcb next week and inside job and jokes i should mention and what should i pay attention to the most while he's teaching dude if you're looking if you're learning from Takino, anything that motherfucker teaches just don't question it. Just do it. Think about it. Think about it for a couple of days. When you get in the positions that he was teaching, think about exactly what he coached and go over it in your head while you're trying to do it. Uh, yeah, anytime you learn from Takino, you're lucky. Logan, do you think either fighters will unionize the force, the UFC's hand, or another promotion? Juan Bellator PFL will rise and bring competition. What needs to change for fighters to be compensated for their work? Dude, nothing's gonna change with that, I feel like, with especially the UFC. Because you have, okay, a guy say, all the fighters on the roster now say, we're not fighting anymore. There's, okay, what, 600 people on the roster? There's another 600 fighters out there that'll fight for half the pay that those fighters are paying for. So it, they'll always be able to find fighters because most fighters are broke and don't have any money. So you say, hey, you want $5,000 to fight? And the fuck yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be hard. Maverick 4. Tips out of getting out of a lifelong of bad eating habits. We're working on cooking more, but tend to always fall back to old habits. How do you maintain eating clean over a long period of time? so weird how it changed changed for us like the slowly though really the, slow when it, for how about you jay like when did because you, you did you start eating good because of jujitsu 
I think for sure, like, well, when I started working out, obviously I was like, I can't eat shit, but it, it wasn't like, oh, cold turkey, like, oh, I'm eating like, oh, yeah, it's a little frog in here. It was in the bathroom. Oh, a frog? It's yeah, like it's a mini big. one. Dude, you gotta get him a little cake, a little, uh, Should I keep little him house. in here? No, Fuck he's yeah. gonna die. No, no, if you get him a little something, something. Oh my little, god, he's uh, so cute. Fish case. <laughs> He was in the bathroom. <laughs> he's in the bathroom earlier. Now he's just drowned him in a fish tank. Holy shit. But yeah, I think I think it's just um, you realize like I don't know. It's like common sense almost, right? It's like I'm not gonna fucking eat. That's bag, how I bag feel. Bag of Doritos. That's if how I want to feel. feel good. You know. I feel it's common sense. It is, but think about ten years ago when you were fighting, and then we started eating healthy, got the Dolce Diet book, and I'd start making you meals out of there. Then as soon as you were done dieting, we would eat horrible. Mm-hmm. But then we'd feel it. So then we kind of go back to eating good, but then mm-hmm. eat bad when you're not dieting, then eat good when you're dieting. Kind of started off like that and then just slowly became more and more. I wonder if I wonder if that's like kind of where because you start to get older and you start to feel no, yeah, it more. That's you start to get fatter say. more. I, like, I think for younger people it's hard because even 17, 18, 19, you don't really feel it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, no. And you just metabolize it you quick. get older, you're like, oh, shit, like. I feel like shit right after I And I that. think doing jujitsu too and training hard mm-hmm. and then you eat something bad and you're like, oh, I felt that today. And you don't want to feel like that. I think that's yeah. huge. Yeah. Especially, yeah. If you're working out and working out, doing jujitsu and stuff, you, it's weird, but you do feel inflammation in your joints. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, holy fuck, my joints like just feel, you, they feel inflamed. And most people don't correlate that to like, hmm, yes. what did I eat two days ago? damn, I ate a big buffet and a lot of ice cream and a lot of foods that caused my body fucking inflammation. But yeah, that uh, jujitsu and fighting obviously for us made it way easier. But I think when you slowly start to eat better and slowly start to stay hydrated, your life starts getting better. You just, you're just not in shitty moods all the fucking time or you're not, you don't feel as anxious or depressed. You feel good. Like your body's supposed to fucking feel and then adding those little habits and then slowly growing on those habits and then learning more like like i said when we did that paul check course that helped us learn a lot more about the importance of organic food and what labels to look for and what what foods are bad and what water is bad some like low ph water dehydrates you more than it hydrates you just learning that stuff and i don't know just it's literally just slow and once you kind of fall off because we've done that too where we go back and eat bad just don't be too hard on yourself just be like okay well notice how it makes you feel shitty and then go on from there i think it's hard too yeah if you've been raised your whole life like it's normal it's normal to have the doritos and it's normal just to have hot pockets and pizza for dinner and then or if your parents never cooked for you Mm -hmm. either and you don't even know how to cook like that's hard yeah but dude the internet has every fucking thing. It can teach you everything that you want to learn and get better at. But I think if you can notice how you do feel once you eat something good and then feel how you, once you eat something bad and your moods, kind of keep an eye on that and you'll really start to notice. Yeah, I think so. Always think of that. What, is it the 80-20 rule you guys always talk yeah. about? I just, just kind of try to, like if I am going to eat like shit or treat myself, I'll just on the weekend like, or try to make it a higher quality yeah so you don't feel like shit even though you're eating pizza it's mm-hmm. like a little bit better quality yeah yeah 80 20 rule. like dude you're not gonna always 
eating organic is expensive. Can't always eat organic, but if you just literally do the best you can at it, mm-hmm. yeah. And the eighty twenty rule, I think Paul Check said that eighty percent of the time he eats really quality food, quality for his body. Twenty percent of the time, just fuck off and have some pizza or whatever. Sup, Hawk? We got a BJJ tourney coming up in two weeks. I'm competing gi and no gi. Would appreciate some tips for preparation, game plan, and strategy. Saul, if I was there, I'd be able to give you more tips, but you got to just trust your coach, trust the techniques that you learn, and then go out there and just try hard. Win or lose, it's not a big deal. The win or lose is not a big deal. What is a big deal is if you quit or if you just don't do it at all. Go out there, try your best, give a good effort, focus on your jujitsu, focus on your breathing, and that's it. And then you're just going to learn from there and just go up. So just go out there and have fun. Jay, thoughts on Volk Ortega? I think Volk definitely doesn't get the respect he deserves as champion. That's the truth, dude. The fact that Volkanovski beat Max Holloway and he's 5'6", I think. He's short as fuck, dude. And Max is so good at using his range and punching people at the end of his punches. The fact that Volkanovski went out there and whooped him. And then you got fucking Ortega, whose last fight, he looked really fucking good really good working with dr andy galpin now so dr andy galpin he's a uh scientist i think he teaches at cal state fullerton i, I think but he's working with uh ortega now and that last fight he was working with him too and you could clearly see something change in his strength conditioning he looked way more fucking sharp looked stronger looked quicker so it's like so hard to say who's gonna show up on that night Austin Thompson. Man, I want to know more about you. <laughs> your journey and stories about how you became a jiu-jitsu black belt, why you stopped fighting, and your journey through that as well. Yes, I didn't really officially stop fighting, but I was just like at the point where I was like, okay, I've, I've got all these surgeries back to back to back to back, gotten a lot of concussions back to back to back. I love fucking martial arts. I don't want to stop it ever. I love training so much. I don't want to stop it ever. So I'm like, okay, just thinking on it from a outer perspective, not my my ego that like a fighter just wants to feed their ego and go beat someone up and get all the get all the um, uh, what attention. Do you, attention from people and all the respect from people. Like, whoa, you just beat that guy up. I'm like, look at it from an outer perspective. I'm like. I have the opportunity right now. I can start a gym, teach jujitsu every day, build a, a group of people that are like-minded people. I can still train every day, and I can probably make more money than I would if I was fighting. And be healthy. And be healthy, and I don't have to get any more concussions. I don't have to keep damaging my brain or keep getting surgeries to where I have to get put under anesthesia that's just terrible for your body and go to sleep, and then they fix you up, and then... Mariah's got to take care of me for the fucking however long after. I'm like, I was like, well, let's just try it out. Let's go start a gym and we'll, we'll see how it is. But it's like, fuck, dude. And that was always your goal. It just happened sooner. Than yeah, it just thought. happened a little bit sooner, which I'm so thankful to where like those injuries are such bitches, like such a fucking pain in the ass. But such good things came from those injuries. Shitty things, too. But like. I don't know. I, it, I feel I feel I'm in a good spot because I get to train martial arts for the rest of my life. I get to teach a group um, and make a living doing it. So I'm super fucking thankful. Journey stories about how we gave Jiu Jitsu black belt. I was, well, I was a purple belt 
training at the lab, met Tequino, figured out Tequino has a program that he runs. So then I, uh, I asked him, hey, Tequino, can I come train with you? And he said, yep. And he brought me over, do the night classes. And I did the beginner's classes. I started from the bottom. I'm a purple belt already, professional fighter in Bellator. And he started making me work on Mount Escape 1. You learned how to properly shrimp. Literally with all the white belts. All the white belts, learn how to shrimp, learn to do everything. Put me through this whole curriculum and I just I just did it. Still after the pro, pro classes, went over there and did it and watched how he taught a class. Got to be around him teaching a real Brazilian jiu-jitsu class from a Brazilian jiu-jitsu world champion who was raised in Brazil and done it their whole life. And just got to see how he taught, the curriculum he taught. And then it came about to where I was able to start my own program. And then I'd go over to the pro training, though, with these guys, all Brazilians. They'd speak Portuguese the whole time. A lot of times I'd be the only American there. So I'm just sitting there fucking little redhead. And they would just beat the fuck out of me because I wasn't training real jujitsu in the gi with real grips and, and real shit. And these guys were all of them own gyms. And uh, beat the fuck out of me. 10 minute rounds. We'd do 10 minute rounds, six, five, 10 minute rounds, and I'd get submitted, 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 submitted. I'd come home from there so beat the fuck up from getting tapped out so much. But doing that for years and years and years, I started to catch up to people. So, started to catch up to people, maybe catching a black belt. Oh, I'm like, damn. So it just, it paid off. All those beatings fucking paid off. And I learned so many lessons, good, good lessons from that. And uh, been pretty sweet. Cold Killer Clark, how to properly use the ice bath and sauna? Like how many minutes in each? Getting ready to get my system set up I, and I got an assault bike. You know what the best split for building cardio? The web is all over the place. I'm doing 30 on, 30 off. Cruising, working my way up to 10 minutes. Thanks, Tim. On the assault bike, Brandon usually warming up wise. He, he has us do 10 minutes, 10 minutes, nasal breathing only. Um, and I think there's just so many different splits to do on those... Uh, air dimes how to properly use the ice bath God, honestly there's people that are experts in this like brian mckenzie even dr andy galpin but in the nights it's been fucking chilly and i usually dip in for maybe it's 39 degrees and i dip in for maybe a minute sometimes a minute and a half and just really cool my body down i remember the dr andy told me that the colder it is the least amount of time you got to stay in it so if it's fucking 50 then maybe stay in there for five minutes but like i said there's there's better protocols online than than i'm just gonna spew off but i enjoy that plunge i enjoy that plunge i enjoy every time you get in there it's a fucking bitch dude it's a bitch dallas you got in you yeah, did shit was cold as fuck where'd you get in at <laughs> at your old house he took a dip, Jay. Mm -hmm. How, how deep? I don't even remember how long he was in I think there. It was, like, it was probably like a minute, 60 seconds. I don't seconds. know. I don't remember. It was. Camping. He you has did, a picture of it. You did you dip your legs in? Yeah. Or whole body? Whole body. Shit. You have to come do this new plunge. It's way colder. Is it? Oh, yeah. my God. I haven't done plunge in so long. You do too, Jay. It's fucking cold. <laughs> remember the first time? Hard. And I got kind of like. Who? Jay would not get in there I at know. first. He'd like. Get I, know, I, was, I was like, no, fuck that. I put my feet in and I was like, mm. and I got in. It's yeah. weird how your brain's like, no, get out. Yeah. Best things to eat for a jiu-jitsu tournament. I have my first one at the end of the month, and I weigh 71 kilograms. Well, I got 70 kilograms, so that's easy work. But I've never competed before. I would love to know what kind of foods I should be taking in same day, weigh in. You know, eat the stuff that your body's used to. If it's oatmeal, just eat the stuff that your body's used to. Don't eat anything foreign to where your stomach's going to be like, what the fuck? And then 
during your match, your blood's not flowing to all your muscles. It's flowing to your stomach trying to digest that food. Then you just feel pukey the whole fucking match. And you're just focusing not on puking or you're then focusing on your jujitsu. So just eat shit you're used to. And a while out. Usually before hard training, hour and a half before training, food's starting to digest and I can really use it as fuel, food that I'm used to. But competitions, two hours before, unless it's like a, a, a banana, maybe two hours before, three hours before, um, just so it's it's properly digested. Nothing fucking worse than going into a goddamn fight with a gut ache, dude. My first pro fight, they didn't tell me I was first fight on the card, cut to 155 like a, like a retard. Like didn't <laughs> fucking eat or drink for like three days. Literally, that's how you nibbled on. Just I didn't know, and then uh, I just stuffed my face with the fucking sub sandwich, and then they're like, "Tim, you're first on the on the card," and it's like forty five (laughs) minutes. He said, "Yeah, me." uh, First, in the first round, I was gagging. I I knew if I puked, they'd call the fight. But I was, but imagine puking on like in front of the guy. I was was gagging. Round ended, came out, took the guy down, took his back, punched him under the armpit. And finished him, ran back to the bathroom and just hurled all over the place. But there's oh nothing God, worse than fuck. that. <laughs> Zachary, what's a good simple meal meal you like to make after a full day of training and teaching that gives you the full feeling without the bullshit insulin spiking gluttony? Before trainings, usually fix a shake up, a little shake, a little plain kefir that doesn't have a lot of sugar, some organic berries, a little chia seeds. Uh, and water and protein. If you want it more creamy, add some almond milk. But I like the water for the extra hydration and just slurp that baby down. But meal-wise, that's always changing. It's always changing. Sometimes spaghetti, sometimes good salads, sometimes tacos, sometimes like power bowls, a little bit of rice with some veggies and proteins and some good sauces. Um, Appreciative Pat, do you ever wake up multiple times with a raging boner after eating red meat? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. You, Dal? Fuck yeah, I'm not even gonna lie. Holy shit. <laughs> and you just beat that fucker, don't you? <laughs> no <laughs> comment. <laughs> Would you ever do opiates or heroin? They're basically the same thing if it could make you have sex for hours. Probably not. Opiates or heroin? Is what's, that what you do, Appreciative Pat? I think, oh, like Oxys? Uh, Pain pet pills? I seen no, a Adam Jumper, an Adam from No Jumper. He said that he did uh, meth and then he had sex. He, he said it was crazy. Probably, dude. <laughs> Probably. All the people I've talked to that have done meth, they're just like, you just want to fucking go. It sounds similar to Adderall. Well, well they're they said both that, like uppers. Yeah, they said it's made of the same shit or something. Damn. Adderall. Wow. They're That's both crazy. something yeah. in there. And you was pumping yeah. Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> Other than change in behavior, what are some lines that would make you end a relationship? Other than changes in behavior. Uh, I don't know, I, I guess. What would make you end a relationship other than changes in What would make you end it with Nisa? Line? I don't know. Is something funny, Dallas? <laughs> I know. That's it. I ain't going to say nothing. Uh, I don't know. It'd have to be something fucked up, I guess, right? To the point you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like you'd have to be to something to where it's like, okay, so you, 
you don't want to date like date me, right? Yeah. Or like the communication's not working or I don't she know. burned all your geese. Damn. She's oh. been hanging out at Jamal's house a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit. Mariah. Jamal. Jamal. <laughs> um, do you ever just come up with an idea and feel smart and then realize it's already been done, may have been made before? <laughs> always. <laughs> Fucking always happens. Um, have you ever ate a salad or vegetables and then when you shit the next day you realize most of it didn't even digest Ew. <laughs> oh my just God. some raw vegetables for some people aren't good really yeah they just come out? they just don't digest well or something everybody's body's different so. i think it yeah. depends like what enzymes and like probiotics you have in your stomach to break things down yeah connor scott what's the latest you will smoke and vape some bud before it starts affecting your sleep quality and how do you feel in the morning i've been trying to fuck with that trying to get the right dosage and smoking out of my stores and bickle stores and bickle products they're fucking nice that's what this bag is that we smoke it's called a volcano but it heats your uh heats your weed up and it vaporizes it so it's just vapor you're sucking in it's not smoke from a bong i did a paul check has a, a course called healing herb course on cannabis and he talks a lot about cannabis and um, the benefits and everything. If you if you have someone really against weed, I would recommend checking out his course, Healing Herb Course by Paul Check. But he uses a Stores and Bickle. He's he's the one who I, I've heard of these before and I've tried them before. But he's the one who really turned us on to it because he 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 smokes his bag and he talks about different mixes he does. He does different teas in it sometimes with his weed and he puts um, like clean clean organic tobacco. In, in his bags, but he's always smoking a bag. But these products, dude, they'll never fuck you. It's like a German, it's like a German, uh, like health equipment company, I'm pretty sure. So their shit is just super quality. I have, I have the one called the Mighty, and it's lasted me a long time, super quality. We've smoked some teas out of it too. But the thing is, if you guys are smoking these, these stores and bickles, you gotta make sure you're hydrated, extra hydrated when you're puffing. How many times do you change out that bag? Do you change it out often? That, this bag? He's yeah, never we've had. never you changed never had to change it. it off. Oh damn. Yeah, you've never changed it. I, I guess when you burn the weed, it, it takes a lot of the benefits away of it, and then you're like inhaling those carcinogens and stuff. But the high is definitely different when you smoke like out of a good vaporizer compared to a bong. But God, sometimes just blasting off of the bong rip is nice. I haven't done it in a while, <laughs> but it's pretty tight. Yeah, the plenty plugs into the wall. Um, some some of my buddies have the crafty and volcano, sweet shit. Um, ways to save and make money, jobs that can fit into someone's schedule, who's training and going to school. Fuck, dude, that's just so. I'd, I'd have to know more about my, about your situation to give any input. The tough one. Do you have some? good book recommendations for staying in a good mindset and balancing your life the naval book we've talked about a ton the almanac of naval ravikant great book start there canon i would love any advice on finding a community and tribe i've had groups of friends from all my hobbies but nothing has really felt like family i'm planning on moving by myself to a new state in a few months shit dude i wouldn't know any any other place than a gym 
to f- find a group of people that you're, that's cool. I don't know. Without changing what they're passionate about. You know yeah, what I mean? find what you like to do yeah. and then find the people that like to do that. Yeah. Good books for athletes mindset. Um, simple one, The Mind Gym. It's a simple book. It talks about a lot of things that will go through your mind before even signing up a comp- for a competition or getting ready for the competition or the day of the competition or being in the competition, what kind of things your mind will go through. It's a good one. Good one to start with. I like that one. If you were in Sean's position with still being under the same contract, what would you do? Would you fight the top tier guys right now or would you wait until you could renegotiate a new contract? That's something we're still talking about. It's like, okay, we both know the team all knows it's like okay we see your fucking skills we feel your skills but we've watched your skills sparring against the highest level people we train with really good people we know where your skills are at okay and we know they can hang with the top fucking people but do you wait you're fighting those top dogs once you fight like you fight some of the top five top ten that's that's who you're fighting now you're in the top five top ten your your whole career every fight so it's like, why not fight this contract out that the manager signed a shitty fucking contract? So you got to fight these fights, fight some lower level guys, wait, take your time, fight out this contract. And when you're fighting top 10 guys, you're actually getting paid top 10 money. But it's like the other part of it is like, okay, you know, you're at the level. Let's fucking take those fights. Let's test it. Let's run it right now and then and, and see. Let's try to win the title in the next fucking year. There's that option too. I think one of the cameras just died, Jay. There's that option too. So it's like, we're just still still trying to sit down and kind of decide what's best. What's best and, and what's going to happen next. Um, fun date ideas. Fun date ideas? Mm, just fine. Just go home and get Put some, Netflix on. Yeah. <laughs> get a good Netflix little good Get a good little rimmer. What? Jeez. Dallas, you like those? Dallas, geez. You like those? It's not bad. It's not a bad idea. Seriously? <laughs> I, I mean, I would do it. Oh, you would give a rim. Oh, oh, they used to say, I'm saying, like, get, get one. Rimmer. I'm saying, get, yeah, get one. Yeah, from, from a chick? Yeah, of course. Damn. I'm not saying, get one. What, what the is fuck is this guy over here? Uh, it means licking someone's butt. <laughs> <laughs> what is a rimmer, Jay? You know that. That's good. So I think we got like. 11 people competing tomorrow. Our boy Jack's competing tomorrow. Ooh, We're Jack. ready to go. I'm pumped. Come out of retirement. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> tear up some of the blue belts. going to be sweet. But that's Red Hawk recap number six. Thanks for my friends for coming on, hanging out. And uh, thanks for our sponsors, Hempful Farms. Hempful underscore farms on Instagram. Um, great dude. Great products. And the Red Hawk Academy. If you want to, like I said, I'm going to be posting lots of techniques on there. Um, top to bottom for MMA mindset, uh, different book reviews, just different shit. It'll be good. Red Hawk Academy, Patreon, and that'll be in the link too. And then the TimboMerch.com for those new blue tie-dye shirts. They're pretty sweet. Check them out too. All right, that's it. Have a good weekend. Peace.